human-cat relationships in Nigeria, sorghum dog food, and the Elanco IPO. Welcome back to Off-Label Veterinary News, your source for commentary on animals, medicine, and practice life. If this is your first time and you're a veterinary professional, do me a favor and hit that subscribe button. Let's jump in to some of the stories you might have missed. Cats rule and dogs drool in many parts of the developed world. But in other areas, such as Africa and South America, many myths and misperceptions around cats still persist. 200 randomized households were selected and 196 responded. Of the 196 people that participated in this survey, 84% reported they owned at least one cat. Now, here is where the results get interesting and quite frankly, a little scary. Of all the 310 reported owned cats, only one had been spayed or neutered. None had been vaccinated against any disease whatsoever. So from a public health standpoint, this is a tremendous need. Now, in the United States and most developed countries, obviously these values are completely opposite with the majority of dogs and cats in the US being spayed or neutered and being vaccinated at least once during their lifetime. Over 94% reported they had no idea on the reproductive rates of cats and they gave out the kittens to other interested households. Selling cats is against their culture and religion, but 3.6% reported they abandoned the kittens in public places or on the outskirts of the city and almost 3% of the respondents reported that they ate cat meat as a form of herbal medicine and as a superstitious belief. They started asking people, what do they believe about cats? And the vast majority reported that there were some myths still persistent in Nigeria today that equate cats, especially black cats, with the devil, with witches. You know, I heard this story recently in Peru from a practitioner there. These myths and misperceptions must be addressed by us as veterinary professionals. We need to work with government and other leadership organizations to try to dispel this because, again, a lot of these cats are being potentially harmed because they are viewed as somehow evil or bad. For me, one of the most interesting aspects of this Nigerian survey was what did the people feed their cats? About 92% of the cats were fed table scraps or leftovers. Those basically consisted of corn grits or paste, vegetable soups, and pieces of meat or fish, while 8.3% were fed what they called a special diet. When asked what they meant by special diet, they meant that the cat had their own food bowl and they actually fed them at regular times. So all 310 cats in this study were fed leftovers and rodents that they could catch. None were fed a commercial diet. The great news is these people said, why do you have a pet? Hey, it helps us cope with loneliness. It gives us something to do with our days. They really did latch onto the companionship model. No matter where you are in the world, no matter what your conditions are, we know that pet ownership benefits our lives. So for me, this was an interesting read. I'll include links down below. If you're a veterinary professional, I encourage you to read this because it will open your eyes to how other parts of the world view the pets that we serve every day. Sorghum-based dog food. Speaking of Nigeria, a recent study evaluated whether or not sorghum-based dry dog foods would be a viable option. Now, the reason I mention Nigeria is because you may not be aware, but Nigeria and Mexico eclipsed the United States in sorghum production going back as far as 2011. So sorghum is a very important global cereal product. 
Now, what these surveyors did was they took 30 dogs and evaluated palatability, acceptability, all those types of things. And of course, not too surprisingly, this gluten-free cereal had no changes whatsoever. In fact, the dogs seemed to really like it. And if you've ever had sorghum-based flowers, you know, it's kind of a bland. It doesn't really add a lot or take away a lot. So I would make, it would make sense to me that it could be added to a dog food effectively. The second thing they did was they gave it to 105 dog owners in the home and wanted to determine if A, the pet owners could tell the difference between a sorghum-based dry dog food and just their regular control foods, and did the owners accept it? And of course, unanimously, the pet owners accepted the sorghum-based dry dog food. Now, this has really interesting potential in the dog food market and maybe in the human food market as well, because sorghum has a lot of opportunity to advance the technology around processing. While other cereal and cereal grains have certainly had advancements in processing, sorghum is kind of that left behind, forgotten, because it's not popular in North America. So what do you think, off-labelers, about this latest study? Do you ever see sorghum being added to dog foods as a viable option for us? Or do you think we should leave well enough alone? I wanna hear from you. Milanco goes its own way. Perhaps the biggest news in the veterinary industry this week was the announcement that, yes, Lily and Elanco would be parting ways. Lily announced that they would be offering a 20% of Elanco IPO in the upcoming months and then gradually divest itself from the remaining assets over time. Now, this is important for a lot of reasons. Number one, I only see this as a positive move because Jeff Simmons is a very capable CEO, and I think that in some ways he has been muzzled and held back by the larger Lilly Corporation. Now, Lilly wants to focus more on their diabetes treatments, and I think that's what they should do. Obviously, they have some R&D developments and some other things that are, are giving them some challenges, but more importantly, it's good to see Lilly do their own thing. I think that once Elanco is independent and free of the mothership, they're gonna be more nimble, more flexible, and be able to be more aggressive in their R&D and acquisitions in our space. Now, for those of you that are wondering, well, wait, didn't they just acquire Fort Dodge? And how does that involve the BI? You know, boy, there's a lot of moving parts here. And there, there are. And what they have said so far, Elanco says, we're not touching any of the Fort Dodge manufacturing plants. None of our employees will be affected directly. We shall see moving forward. But all in all, I think this is a good thing. I wanna hear from you though. What do you think? Do you think that Elanco being free of Lilly will positively impact the veterinary profession and the products that we're able to develop? Or do you think that it was probably better to be involved with this massive human pharma company and that all those resources aren't now gonna be available to Elanco? I wanna hear from you. 